Good morning. What day is this? I asked that question the first hour. They told me it was Sunday. What's, what what somebody just say? May 12th? Whatever it is. What else is it? I heard it was, yeah, it's Mother's Day. If you, if you didn't know that by now, you better get yourself in gear. Now, interestingly enough, uh, like everything in our in our country now, people are putting slants on things that that challenge uh, things that we've done traditionally for years and years and years. And one of the things that's being said now is that Mother's Day can be hurtful to some people. Um, but what I want you to think about here is how many of you have a mother? Everybody here has a mother, correct? And, and what I would like for you to think about is honoring her. I realize that some of us can say that our mothers were a great blessing and others didn't have that great of a relationship with their mom. But here's the thing. Your mother had impact on your life. You wouldn't be sitting here today without that impact. Whether it was positive or negative, it had impact. It brought you to this point where many of you are Christians and some of you are seeking Christ, and that's where we need to be in life. Mother's Day is a big deal. It's a big deal in America. If you look at some of the statistics that go with Mother's Day, you see that 145 million cards will be sent out for Mother's Day. We see that $14.6 billion will be spent on gifts and dinners. 69% of those gifts will be flowers. There'll be more long-distance phone calls today than any other day of the year. So people are thinking about their moms, and you should be thinking about them as well, about your mother and what, what she did. And I hope that your relationship was a good one, but we're going to talk about the impact of, of a mother's relationship in our lives and what it means to us. I want to read from a poem, and this I'm just going to read a couple of the stanzas from the poem, but it says this, Blessed, Blessings on the hand of women, angels guard its strength and grace, in the palace, palace cottage hovel, oh no matter where the place. Would that never storms assailed it, rainbows ever gently curled, for the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. I want you to think about that for a minute. The hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. Infancy is the tender fountain. Power may with beauty flow. Mothers first to guide the streamlets. From them souls unresting grow. Grow on for the good or evil. Sunshine streamed or evil hurled. For the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. In other words, your mother had a great impact in your life. And I just pray today that you can, you can say that your mother was kind, that she was benevolent, that she taught you things that, that you needed to know. I hope that that's the case. But we're going to talk about the idea of what a mom should do, or what a mom should be. See, moms, your influence is great. So as mothers, 
just like your mother did, you should strive to set an example of faith. Faith in God. This example of faith is what really impacts the lives of, of the children that are coming up and that are here today. You see, we're all children, aren't we? We're all children of God. And somehow or another, I believe that your mom had some impact in that fact, that you're here and that you're present. In 2 Timothy, we see an example of this. I'm going to read the first uh, five verses of, of uh, 2 Timothy of chapter 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the pr promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. When you think about the relationship between T Timothy and Paul, you see that it was a, a, like a father-son relationship. He, he loved Timothy. And he, he's written these books as he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to instruct Timothy about how to be a Christian, how to be an evangelist, how to, how to reach out to people. And so he, he loved this young man. I thank God whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you be, being mindful of your tears that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, I am persuaded is in you also. So he gives credit to who for this man's faithfulness? His mother and his grandmother. They had great impact on, on this young man. And they shared their faith. So moms, be an example of what it means to be faithful to God. Your influence will impact those who watch you, especially your children. But let's, let's don't forget about your husbands <laughs> and the people you work with and other people that come into your life. Your impact is great for them. When I look at the church, I think about uh, a group of people that have nurtured my children beyond what we could have done as parents, that we've loved each other and cared for each other's kids and ha have helped them. And each of you have had a part in raising one another's children. But let's not forget the impact of daily contact by moms. Like Timothy's mother and grandmother, we need to you need to exhibit a genuine faith Paul refers to this idea in, in verse 5. It says, when I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you. And what does it mean <clears throat> to have genuine faith? Tommy says this all the time. Be real. You know, that's a cool way of saying what? Be who you are, I guess. <laughs> I should ask him sometime what he means by that. But... The, the fact is you're, that you're not faith, you're genuine, you're, it's, it's real, it's true. And so we see this. Faith can never be just words. And so think about your mom for a moment and see how she demonstrated faith to you. It wasn't just by telling you about Jesus. It wasn't just about reading to you from the Bible. It wasn't just about praying with you. 
although we're going to talk about the value of those things, what, what she did was she lived a life of faith before you. And so I thought of some ways that moms demonstrate faith. Faith is, uh, is uh, when they, mom drags out of bed at 3 a.m. to clean up after a sick child. And I could, I could be more graphic, but you know exactly what I mean, to drag out of bed and do that. And I can think of many times, right, through confession time, where my wife got up in the middle of the night or something happened in the middle of the night, and I said, well, you know, i got to get up at 4.30 and go to work, so uh, why don't you take care of that? Primarily, it was because I didn't want to take care of it. You see that? But moms do. They don't want to, but they do it. And that's being faithful. It's being faithful. It's demonstrated by having a listening ear and, and actually letting their children talk to them when oftentimes dads are not in the mood. You ever notice that? <laughs> uh, I mean, at least my dad wasn't always in the mood to talk things through. It was pretty much just do it with my dad. Mom would kind of explain it a little bit. I always appreciated that about my mother. I hope you appreciated that about your mother, too, that she's willing to talk to you and to spend some time to, with you, and that took faith. See, the fact of the matter is faithful moms go the extra mile. They, they do what they need to do, and they do this every day. Mom's job is not just an hour each week. Mom's job is 24-7. You know, there's been statistics and things looked at it, what, what the value of a, a mother is and if you had to pay somebody to do everything that they do, how much it would cost. And it, it's, it's like $100,000 or something. I didn't look it up the, lately, but the bottom line is that it's a lot of money if you had to pay somebody to be a chauffeur and a daycare worker and a cook and, a, and to clean and and to have a job on the side, and all the things that moms are doing in this day, it, it, it's, a, it's a big deal, isn't it, what's required of mom. And so today's the day where we think about that. We stop and take a breath, and we think, thank you. Now, maybe you don't feel that way about your mother. Maybe your mother didn't do those kind of things. Well, th today could be the day where maybe you decide, I'm going to maybe mend some fences. Maybe I, I need to reach out to my mom, even though... Our relationship isn't as good as what I'm describing here. See, you wouldn't be here without her. There's no, there's no way around it. There's no way that you can ignore that. See, moms care about things that dads don't. Have you ever noticed that at all? <laughs> I think you're going to get it here in a minute. Like... Healthy meals. How many of you have ever been left home with your dad? Okay. How did the meals go? They probably went okay if mom cooked a bunch of stuff and put it in the freezer for you. Otherwise, where did you eat? Burger King? Maybe peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Okay, you're hungry, have a bowl of cereal, you know. Well, you know, something as simple as a healthy meal doesn't just happen on its own. It takes an effort. 
to do that. And generally, it's the mothers that do that. I know that's not true in every family. I, you don't have to tell me later, well, I cook all the meals. <laughs> but, but the bottom line is, in most families, mothers are concerned about those kind of things. How about taking baths? How many of you guys are really concerned about your kids taking baths? There's one. Okay. It's not top on your list, you know. You just figure somebody's going to take care of that. They ought to know that, and they'll do it on their own. Well, that's not going to happen, especially if you got boys. So moms worry about those kind of things. And, and it, it's important for us to get that, brushing your teeth, those kind of things that moms do. How about clean socks? changing your clothes once in a while. This is a true story. I'm going to share it with you. It actually happened at our camp. Mom told her kid that he needed to put on a clean pair of socks every day at camp. This is junior camp. He's, I don't know, probably eight, nine years old. He's at camp. And so when he gets home, he has on six pairs of socks. I could name him, but I'm not going <laughs> to. It actually happened that way. He, he put on a clean pair of socks every day. He just didn't bother to take the other ones off. Well, I'm sure that his mother kind of explained something to him when he got home, so she un that he began to understand the significance of maybe taking care of things a little better than that and understanding things a little better than that. And it was a boy, by the way, so all moms are thinking, well, that's just men for you. They don't know what's going on anyhow. But I get that. So this, these are the kind of things that, that really are, matter, and they take faith. It takes a faith that works to make sure that these things happen. You've got to be faithful in these little things over and over and over a day, every day to be the mom that God calls you to be. So... This genuine faith has an impact on children. And Timothy was a great man of God. But the reason he was a great man of God is because of his mother and his grandmother. Now, Paul had something to do with it. I'm, I'm not denying that. But they influenced him from the time he was young to follow God. So don't forget that. And be excited about the, the opportunities that you've had. Be excited about what your mother has done for you. You know, there's three holidays in the church that, that really are, are uh, where people attend a lot of times, where you get a lot of visitors sometimes. One of them's Christmas, the other one's Easter, and the other one is Mother's Day. Because moms care about that. They want their kids to, to be Christians. And so oftentimes they'll ask their kids to come. The thing is, is when I did another one of my famous uh, amateur Google checks, <laughs> got online and checked it out, and, and, I put, and I looked, uh, well, what do moms want for Mother's Day? You know what the number one thing was? It wasn't that their kids would go to church. It was that the people in their life would listen to them. <laughs> They, and they explain this, that their children would maybe 
if they're little, do something without asking why. Those kind of things. Their husbands might understand them better, to listen to them better. Just listen. So, guys, if you really want to do something for your wives or your mom, maybe call her up and listen to what they have to say. Might be a good idea. So, who are some examples of, of uh, mothers in the Bible that we could talk about? I thought of Hannah in the Old Testament. I thought about uh, her, her dedication to God, to give her child to God. She grew up to be a great prophet. I also thought of someone that we don't always talk about as being the example that she really was, and that was Mary, the mother of Jesus. Have you ever thought about what kind of example Mary was, what kind of life Mary lived, and how much faith it really took for her to do what she did? In Luke chapter 1, verse 30, it says, Then the angel, of the, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Imagine what it must have been like for her to hear that she was uh, going to have a child. And she wasn't married yet. And we know that the father of that child is, is God Almighty, but the Holy Spirit. But the bottom line is, uh, there's still a great deal of faith that she had to have to, to deal with that, and to, to go through with that, and to take care of that. And so she was a woman of faith. And her example is very strong. She worshipped God. I believe that's why God found faith. She found favor in his sight. If you drop down in that same chapter, you look at verse 46. Uh, she'd just been validated by John the Baptist's mom. And it says this, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God our Savior. What does it mean to you to magnify the Lord? I'm a simple guy. I hope you are simple too. If you take a magnifying glass and you look at something, what does it do? It just makes it clearer. It makes it easier to see. You know, I'm, all of you have been in school. I'm sure you've looked through a, a, a microscope and looked at, you know, cells running around and all those kind of things. But, but it's, you can see things that you couldn't see before. Mary did that. She, she had to have a faith that, that would look forward to the future. She had to have a faith that, that would magnify and make God visible. In Matthew uh, chapter 1, it says, And you shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. See, Jesus, Jesus uh, was here to die for us. Mary understood that. Mary came to understand that, that very thing. And so it took a lot of faith for her to do what she did. Mary was also a woman of prayer. In Acts uh, chapter 1, verse 14, we see this. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Jesus had died. He's been resurrected. And they're continuing still to be steadfast in prayer. Mary was a mother who prayed. If you don't pray, moms, 
You need to change. You need to understand the power of prayer, and you need to be involved with that, and you need to make sure that you are prayerful. Because prayer leads to wisdom, and wisdom gives knowledge to teach what needs to be taught. We look here in Proverbs 31 at the very first verses here. We see the words of King Lamiel, the utterance which his mother taught him. He was taught by his mom. Proverbs 31 is one of the most famous passages that talks about the, the virtues of, of a good wife and a mother. It, it ends with the idea that her children will rise up and call her blessed because of what she taught. So what, what did this, Mary te- this mother teach her son? Look at this verse 2. What, my son, and what son of my womb, and what son of my vows, do not give yourself your strength to women nor your ways to that which destroys kings. It is not for kings, O Lamiel, it is not for kings to drink wine, nor for princes intoxicating drink. So we see here that, that she's teaching them to be careful of certain pitfalls that can come into a young man's life, lest they drink and forget the law and pervert the justice of all the afflicted. And then you drop down here to verse 8. It says, Open your mouth for the speechless, And in the cause of all who are appointed to die, open your mouth, judge righteously, and plead the cause of the poor and needy. So she's teaching her son from the time of his birth to do these things, to avoid pitfalls, to to avoid sin, to also, though, to care about people, the needy and those in need, to reach out to them. And she understood that this is part of her job. Mothers do that. It begins with prayer, and I'm sure that you can think to your mother, and I hope that you can say that she prayed for you often. I, I can remember my mom, when my brother was in Vietnam, she prayed for my brother every day, sometimes and often with tears, just because she was so concerned for him. But she prayed for us because she loved us. See, mom set another example that I think is very important, and that's the, the example of stability. Moms bring stability to families. Uh, sometimes they have to deal with some pretty uh, difficult things. And Mary's no exception to that. She had to deal with some tough things in her life. Obviously, uh, first thing, I'm sure she received a lot of ridicule in her life. But then after Christ was born, there, there was things that they had to do to protect our Savior from those that would destroy them. This took faith on her part to deal with this. Look at Matthew chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 13 and 14. It says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he... When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt. I'm sure Mary was thinking, well, we're going to go home. We're going to go back home, back to our house. But Joseph's saying, no, pack up. We're heading for Egypt. And you notice uh, that doesn't have a big discussion here about it. We're just going to do it. That takes faith to, to go along with a guy that just wants to move up. Maybe you've had that experience where your husband said, you know what, we're moving. 
I hope you like the idea because I got a new job and we're growing. How did you feel at that time? What did you do? Well, you might have cried. I don't know. You might have been upset. But I don't think you did that to, in front of your kids. I'm sure that you thought about your kids and you thought about their needs. And so you showed stability. And when they had questions about moving or going somewhere else and, and leaving their friends, I'm sure that you sit down and you talk to them and you explain to them, we're fine, everything's going to be good. You can think about times where your mother had to do that for you to help you realize to, how to deal with something. Because dad is probably saying something like, knock it off, we're going. What are you crying about? There's nothing to cry about. You ever been there? Is that just my family life growing up? You know? It's time to just do it. Just do what I said. Don't ask questions and sure don't cry about it, right? These guys get it. <laughs> All right. So that, that's, that's interesting that she would have to deal with that. And you have had to do that. So we can go on here in that same chapter. We look at uh, down a little ways further. In, in verse 19 and following, it says, Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Rise, take the young child and his, and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. And then he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Now I suppose Mary might have been thinking at that moment, can't you and that angel make up your mind about where we're going to be? I don't want to have to move every five minutes. Again, that requires stability on her part to do this. Mary was a woman who had faith. And faith does bring stability. So model that to your children. Help them to understand it. This is not the end of the world when things don't seem like they're going just the way they should. But this too shall pass. Now, my mother taught me those kind of things. She taught me to hang in. Don't give up. That, that's something that my mom did. My dad didn't always act like that. Sometimes he would just say, well, quit then. If you want to be a quitter, <laughs> you see things like that. But mom would encourage us to do the right thing. Mothers are faithful to their children. Now, Gavin stole one of the verses I was going to use. You notice where Mary was when Jesus was on the cross. She was right there. Can you imagine how difficult that would be to watch your son suffer like that? You ever thought of that? But she was there, and she didn't walk away. Moms are like that. They're there at critical moments, and they're there with encouragement and strength. That doesn't mean they're not feeling pain. It doesn't mean that they're not maybe breaking down in their room or whatever. 
but they're there for you to give you courage. Another example that I think is very interesting in how what a mother's willing to do in order to protect their child. This is found in 1 Kings chapter 3. It's a very famous story. Most everybody's heard about the wisdom of Solomon. And this is an example that they give. Two women that had children, newborn babies. One laid on the, their child during the night and it died. And she switched the babies around. And they came to to the king, and both of them were saying, this is my child. Let's just read it here in, in Kings, 1 Kings 3, verse 23. And the king said, the one says, this is my son who lives, and your son is the dead one. And the other says, no, but your son is the dead one, and my son is the living one. Then the king said, bring me a sword. So they brought a sword before the king. And the king said, divide the living child in two, and give half to one, and half to the other. Then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son and said, O oh my Lord, give her to the child and by no means kill him. But the other said, Let him be neither mine nor yours, but divide him. Now it's not, doesn't seem like it'd be that hard of a decision to make at that moment, but of course Solomon made the right decision and gave to the child to the mother that had pleaded for her son's life. But notice this. What it says here, then the woman whose son was living spoke to the king, for she yearned with compassion for her son. She cared about her son. See, compassion is, is not just, it's more than just, I should do something about this. It's, I will do something about this no matter what. If it means I have to give my child away, I will, that they might live. A love for her child. And that happens in this life where you have to put the child first and love that child and let them live. See, moms are willing to do that. I always hesitate to say this, but I think it's worth saying even Ted Bundy, one of the most famous mass killers on earth, had his mother there at his execution. That's the mom. That's how moms are. And you know what? We bless you for that. We love you for that. It means everything to your children. So your example of faith has an eternal impact on your children and on those around you. And sometimes I'm sure you get tired and sometimes you wish your worthless husband would get up in the middle of the night and take care of the problem. And maybe you're able to get him to do that. Udonna failed at that one. <laughs> but the, the bottom line is that's who you are. That's how you're wired. And that's how God intended you to be. And so your Example bears fruit for the kingdom of God. Back in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6, it says, Therefore I remind you, this is Paul again speaking to Timothy, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. 
For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I think that he got that, the roots of that, the foundation for that from his mom and grandma. They taught him this. Don't be afraid. Don't think that you're powerless. Don't give up. Just love people like I've loved you. See, their example allows God to work in their children's lives. Their example gives them the foundation of faith that they need. And so moms, keep going, keep doing it. See, not every child's going to become a missionary. I understand that, like Timothy in particular. But every child needs to have a foundation of faith, and the hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Which way are you influencing your children to go? Which way were you influenced? How did that work for you? Do you want your child to face life with true courage? Then continue to be brave. Continue to be strong like you are. Teach them about God. Abide in faith. Be sincere. Be stable. And motivate your children to follow and obey the Lord. Let's stand and sing our invitation song. If there's a decision that needs to be made, we'd ask you to step out as, as we sing. You know, this is a time where you can uh, come and we can pray for you. This is a time where you maybe accept Jesus for the first time. Whatever your decision might be, we'd ask you to come as we sing this morning.